0: Some 80-year-old man's not going on the internet. He waits for his paper to come in the mail. <laughs> he throws, they throw it in front of his lawn. He picks it up and he reads it. I still care about him. Why, why should we care about him? Because it's not cool.
1: For this episode of Bylines, Leads, and Biases, I interviewed Donnell Suggs, who is sports editor at the Houston Home Journal in Georgia. We talked about working in hyperlocal news, print media, the future of journalism as an industry, and how to become a staple in a new small community. We also discussed why he freelances, for sites like the Undefeated, and he gave a few tips on how to start freelancing. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on iTunes. But if you have any thoughts or questions you'd like to share, you can do that using hashtag BLBpodcast. Here is our conversation. When did you realize you wanted to be a journalist?
0: Growing up in Brooklyn, New York, I had five daily newspapers to choose from New York Newsday, Daily News, the New York Times, the New York Post. Uh four. The Book and Daily Book and Eagle was old. That was old by the time I was coming up. So I had four dailies every day. So I was like, and they were a quarter. You know, I'm I'm 39 years old now. So you're talking about the early 80s. So you would go to the corner store with a dollar. I'm the only kid that wouldn't buy candy, I'd buy newspapers. Cause I love going through the box scores and reading the stories, and I read them from the front from the back to the front, from sports, back to news. So I was always I always cared about newspapers. So this is what I wanted to do from when I was probably seven, eight, maybe, whenever you realize... You could put it together a job. Well, that was it for me. I was sold.
1: Do you remember, like, a specific story that made you realize journalism was, like, a job you could do?
0: When Kenny Anderson signed with Georgia Tech in 1990, I was 12. Stories so like, in the paper the next day. So you were there. You got to, like, talk to Kenny Anderson and write about it. And then it was in the paper the next day. I said, this is the greatest thing ever. Like, if I don't play in the NBA, well, then at least I can write about the NBA. Like, this is the best. I didn't think there was any other option. I played for the Knicks. or I was going to write about it, so I didn't think there was anything better than that. Seeing it in the paper was so—it it so real. Pre-internet, now this is way before everything was on the net. We had the internet. You had to go to the library and wait online to get on to get on the computer. It didn't take forever to get online, so you were reading the papers. So it was so real for me, newspaper print.
1: That feeling you had then—do you still have that feeling now? I'm still
0: excited about deadline tomorrow. Tomorrow morning, get the paper out by 12 noon, so it could be in the street by four. I'm still excited about a game coming up. I'm still excited about... I'll be in Greenville, actually, on Friday. They're having the ASBCU Classic. And Clark Atlanta, who I cover for... I cover the Clark Atlanta for the Atlanta Voice. They're going to be playing. They want the four teams playing in that. So I'm still excited about knowing I got a game out of town on Friday, and it's a baseball game, and I got a deadline. So I'm, it's still the same. I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, I've done it online. I, like I, I, we mentioned before in the email, I'm writing for the Undefeated, so understand, but it's still a deadline. It's still people to interview. It's still going to sporting events. And as long as it's still that, I'm always going to love it.
1: You have like your your print job, but do you have to write differently when you're writing for like the undefeated or like these digital only platforms?
0: Absolutely. My newspaper stories uh, for my bi-weekly paper are going to be out later on tonight online. Whereas when I write for the undefeated and I was writing about Morris Brown in general, about how I was coming back, that, that that lead can't be right now because they didn't put on it for five days, so I had to kind of lead it to lead people to thinking it's not current for me now. It's five six, six days old, a totally different style. Like I have, I have to write three different ways every single day because it's three different types of uh, journalism. But in the end, it's all about knowing your people, knowing your characters, knowing your readership, and getting it out. I came, I interned, which is funny because. Um, I listened to all your old episodes. I love the I love the podcast. And Je- I interned for Jesse Washington. Now, he was he had just got the, the editor-in-chief position at Blaze. So he was all over the place. So he didn't know me per se. Like, hey, Donnell. But, I mean, we passed all the time. He said, what's up, kid? And I interned at Blaze, God, in, two, in 2000. In 2000. And, and Vibe Magazine. So I was always doing this. And But the job opportunities were a little harder in New York because newspaper jobs in New York. We have them a plenty, but they're mostly for veterans. They don't give kids, mm-hmm. kids meaning 21, 22, a spot. So something told me, let's try down south. And I moved to Atlanta, like I said, 11 years ago to really get into it every day. So in New York, I was interning here, writing a little vibe, doing these little freelance stuff. When I, once I got down here, it was like my experience was, oh, you you can you can have the job. I was covering the Hawks six months into moving to Atlanta, which is crazy to think. Because in New York, you can't cover the Knicks out of the blue. <laughs> it's not going to happen. L.A., you don't just say, I'm covering the Lakers. But down outside, they're like, you want to cover the Hawks? Great. They're 23 and 50. Good luck. So they just threw all these beats at me. So I was covering News and the Hawks and everything. I didn't even do high schools when I first got here for the first couple of years. I got to the Atlanta Voice. They were five days a week, which is already down from their original seven. I mean, every day I was doing something different. This is back when Georgia State didn't have Division I football yet. Georgia Tech was a main beat. And it was, uh, the Hawks were terrible. They just started going to the playoffs a little bit. They made their first appearance. A new, a new park would open up. They said, so let's go make, go make it to the new park to co- cover that. So I go to this new park in the city and cover that. Then it was like, okay, there's a Hawks game tonight. Then there's a, a police shooting, God forbid. So it was everything. It, it was a great, it was a perfect experience because I don't think I would have gotten a chance to cover so many things if I was back home in New York. They probably would have just stuck you in a corner in one beat and said, you just do this. But when I got to Atlanta, it was like, we need help in everything. So that's great. Do that and do this and do that. Which made me a better writer, I believe. Because you had to talk to different people from different walks. Everyone wants to be working for ESPN. Who doesn't? Or Esquire. Or GQ. Or ESPN the Magazine. Those are great spots. And God forbid, if you can get, or Los Angeles Times. If you can get one of those out of school, take it. You, even if you're not ready for it, don't worry. You'll get ready. But if you have an opportunity to go to a smaller market and be a bigger fish... I suggest that because those smaller markets or mid-major markets, whatever you want to call them, will give you more opportunities. Whereas in L.A., we've got veterans all over the place.
1: But what is your favorite thing about, like, focusing on a specific area or a specific team that's not necessarily a national beat?
0: I think, I think beat reporting is the best, is the absolute best job there is, if you can get it. But you get a chance to, be, to become a familiar face. In Houston County, Georgia, Warner Robins, and Perry, those cities know I'm going to be at the game. Folks walk right up to you. They'll walk right up to you and say, hey, you know my son is transferring to such and such school next week. I didn't tell anybody yet, but I wanted you to know. That doesn't happen in Los Angeles. It's not going to happen in New York. It's not going to happen for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution because there's so many reporters. They don't know you. But in Houston County, I'm the guy. So they see me and go, hey, Donnell, someone just told me the other day You know, we got two kids to transfer. And those things are big. High school football is still so big down here, unfortunately. So I got football stories that broke the internet for us. I got all these Facebook clicks with which, inve- which investors and and advertisers say, "Whoa, okay, I-, I want another ad in the paper tomorrow." So it's like you get a chance to affect so many areas of your paper when you're in a city like Warner Robins, whereas I probably wouldn't have that kind of access. I have more readership in Atlanta for the Atlanta, and I've written for the Atlanta Journal of Constitution before as well. I'll have more readership in Atlanta, but it won't be face to face. So you won't even recognize me. I wrote this great story about you and you and or your son or your athlete or your team, and you'd be like. Mm, will see me tomorrow and say, hey, that story you did, love that. Or, hey, man, I wish you didn't write that. And, and this comes along with the game. So I advise anybody that's starting into it, try to get into a community-based paper for a little bit.
1: How long did it take for you to become, like, familiar to the people you were covering? Like, how long did it take for you to, like, become, like, a staple to them?
0: And that's what it is. And that's where I am today. It's not, it's not, hey, reporter. It's, hey, Donnell, or hey, Mr. Suggs, depending on how old they are, or some folks of this country, is Mr. Suggs no matter what, he's older than I am. And that came, I think four, I think five to six months of always being around, always being there. Someone signing a scholarship to go to a school, I'm there. So regular season baseball game that no one in the world would care about in Perry, Georgia. Big, big-time football game. So Friday night, I'm still there. I got so many tips from just grandma, grandpa, uncle such and such, or even the kids themselves. The athletes know you better because – no one else is at the game but me a lot of the times. I know people's mothers and their fathers and whatnot. It took maybe four or five months to be seen every single night on a Friday night for football before someone said, wow, this guy's one of us. He's here. He was out in the rain. I cover games from the sidelines. I don't, go in the, I don't go in the booth and sit up there with binoculars and say, oh, I got you know box score. And you're like, man, that guy was there that day. Okay. And then in the story, it was detailed like he was there. I like that. I like how he put that I caught this catch this way or I did this. Wow, that's personal. Okay, I'm going to tell him when I'm signing with such and such or who I'm deciding on. It's always, a, it's always good to be there on scene, you know, face-to-face. People respect that. They do.
1: I, there was a, a guy from, like, corporate. He, I remember him saying that. He says a lot of uh, younger journalists saying, like, a lot of them just sit in the office. And he's like, you can't, you can't really get to know anybody. You, can't, you don't even know what's going on if you're just sitting at your computer.
0: And nobody recognizes you either. All you're finding out is what's online. And then, you, of course, you're typing it up and putting it in a better form. That's a sonographer synagogu- to me. That's not That's not a reporter. You know, you just – and, and today with all these websites and there's so many web- – I was just at a Morehouse baseball game. I was the only reporter in the game, which is fine. It's a regular season Morehouse baseball game. But do you think that that mom the, whose son's on the Morehouse team recognized that? Yeah. Do you think that the Morehouse coach recognized that when I'm the only one that calls me after the game and double, double checks on some quotes? Yeah, the players – they all follow me on Twitter. They all follow me on Facebook because they say that's the only guy that comes to our games. No one was coming. I mean, in Atlanta, which has, which is the biggest, I would like to think it's the, it's the HBCU hub because everyone has a school or two, but we got Spellman and Morehouse and Clark Atlanta and Morris Brown within four miles of each other. And with that said, I'm the only one that covers that. So, and I love it because so, like Atlanta, Joe Thompson will cover Morehouse when Morehouse goes undefeated and beats Georgia Tech or something like that. That's when they'll show up. Yeah, <laughs> they'll call me. They'll call me in advance when they get that good because I I was there when you're getting your brains beat out to against some Division two team. So I got I got carbolins with all the SIDs like hey, Danielle, we doing this today before they even signed the contract. They were telling me they're going to do it because they know I'm the guy that's going to cover it. Other people aren't going to cover it. At least nobody from Atlanta is going to cover it. They don't they care less. Jackie Robinson there or not? They're like, eh, we don't do that. We'll wait until we'll get some pictures from AP. You gotta get in the street, man. You gotta get in the street,
1: dude. What are some like techniques or strategies you use to get to know the area better? Like as soon as you got there, or what? Are, and what are some suggestions you have for people that are like about to graduate in like May and going to a community that they've never been to before?
0: And that's true, and that's and that's gonna be the case because a lot of jobs that are still available are gonna be smaller jobs. If you still want to write in print, if you still care about the actual newspaper print in your hand. They're going to be smaller gigs or medium gigs. They're not going to be a lot of the majors because they're cutting back. They're not hiring new. They're hiring Mm -hmm. cheaper, maybe. Someone your age might be a little cheaper than the guy that's 45. He's like, look, I've been in the game too long. I'm only taking this. I want this many vacation days. I want this beat. Whereas someone 25 is like, you know what? I just want to get in the game, so I'll take it. I'll cover the trash beat. Walk your neighborhood. Walk your beats. Introduce yourself at events. Don't go knocking on people's doors. That's weird. But introduce yourself at the events. Don't just cover it from the periphery. And, you know, you got the car accident and you see right there that they said, you know, you can get a police report afterwards. So you don't really need to be there. No, be there. You know, go up to the person that's grieving, maybe. With a, with a certain sense of decorum. calm. Uh, go introduce yourself to the police department. I literally went over to the library and the police department in Perry my second week. And I had no story there. I'm a sports, I'm the sports editor of the paper, but I still introduce myself, drop off my business card, and say, Hey, look, anything comes up, let me know. Not much has come up from those two things, but they, they remember my face. If anything does come up, I'm sure they'll call me. You got to get outside in the street and introduce yourself no matter where you're at, especially if you're within your home state, because then most likely you get the colloquialisms and you know the way around. But if you have to move, which a lot of us do, and go somewhere new, though, I suggest you make yourself at home at that place and really get out in the street and Introduce yourself. You know what I mean? People I tell, Hi, my name is Dino. So I'm a newspaper reporter. They go, Wow. You're thinking, What's the big deal? You're a doctor. You're a dentist. you're They go, No, nah, man, that's cool. The so people really want to do what we do. It's don't know how. Everyone can write a check. Everyone can write a note to their wife and stick it on the, on the refrigerator. Everybody can't do what we do. So it's very rare. People, anytime I introduce myself, Hi, how you doing? I'm with the House of Home Journal. I'm the sports. Whoa, are you, you cover sports? what's in your brain you put on paper and people get to read it a lot of times folks have a lot of things in their mind and no one knows because their job is not to tell them that their job is to shut shut up and do what that is you know it's not brain surgery but you would think so the way people talk to me go wow i wish i man i was was thinking about that when i was a kid but i didn't really want to pursue it or i didn't really know how i'm like wow maybe i am doing the right thing maybe this my dream is it's pretty cool
1: you know is there, has there ever been a time in like your career that you're like, should I, should I still be doing this journalism thing?
0: The journalism thing? No. The print thing? Yes. The print thing, when, when an undefeated gets, uh, when they when gets created and I write a story for them and then they send you a check and it's almost equal to your paycheck, you go, maybe, maybe, maybe I need to be doing this online stuff because this pays. Yeah, I have more research. Yeah, my story is a lot longer than my everyday, but it pays. But I'm in love with print. I believe in I believe in an everyday newspaper. I
1: was reading, uh, I, I just remember the headline. It was like uh, a Facebook person who works on the news and publishing was like, I mean, who reads newspapers anymore? Does that bother you? Yeah, because it's not really true. It, 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 it's, it's like
0: someone saying, Facebook, who cares about that? Instagram is where it's at. No, it, they all work. Newspapers still work I'll, We literally would go to press At 12, we'll be in the street at 4 I'll stop by my local gas station On my way home or on my way to a game At 5 And they're down to one paper left Looking at me like we need some more I'm thinking to myself, people are buying it It's just been out Because they care Now does the person in Atlanta care about what's going on in Warner Robins? Probably not Do you care about what happens in Warner Robins from Greenville, South Carolina? Why would you? I don't. That's fair But the people here care And that's who I'm writing for when I posted on Twitter, when I when I post a link on Twitter about a football game, I'm really doing it for the people at Northside High School or Warner Robins High School, or Houston County High School. I'm not really doing it for somebody in Texas, but you'd be surprised how someone from way out of way out of somewhere else will go, like, oh, like, sure. And that's all we want. We just want. I just want to write for my people, who it affects. And if anyone else can, can likes it, cares about it, reads it, fantastic. Some eighty year old man's not going on the internet. He waits for his paper to come in the mail. <laughs> he throws, they throw it in front of his lawn he picks it up and he reads it I still care about him why, why should we care about him because it's not cool
1: I get calls from people that read the newspaper they have a question about the newspaper and all this stuff I, I feel like instead of focusing on digital and print as two different things there's in corporations like okay well we just gonna focus on di- digital only oh. and I feel like you're missing a whole group of people that still read the paper massive and still love the paper <laughs>
0: Want to touch the paper? Want to put it in their pocket on the on the train ride, or the, or when they get their coffee in the morning, or when they take a break at work? Many people I see sitting outside with a newspaper open. I still see that. I ride the train sometimes in Atlanta, uh, a couple days a week because I just can't stand our traffic and, and our recent I eighty five incidents. Obviously, I'm avoiding that with all <laughs> at all costs. And you still see people on the train, folded up reading the newspaper because it still matters. If it cares to us that the people who do it, I promise you, it cares to other people who have no idea how hard it is to make it. And we have to keep that in mind. Everything is everything is now. It has to be on this cell phone. If it's not on this phone, on this iPhone. Oh, then it's not it doesn't count. And it still counts. I'm 39. I'm not 105. I'm 39. I have an iPhone. Yeah, I got apps and whatnot. But I still had to ask, how do I get Google Outlook? Uh, Google Hangout? How do I do that? I know how to hang out. I didn't know how to Google Hangout. But I know how to pick up a newspaper and read it, and I don't have to ask for instructions to that. And I read it. And there's a lot of folks who don't want to who want to unplug when they come home, and not have to download something or use their computer. They just want to pick it up and read it. And I believe in those people. They still they still exist. That's why the, the medium still exists. I don't separate the two. I don't write well for the internet and then eh, I'll put something in the paper. No, they both get the same amount of attention. They both get the same amount of love. They both matter.
1: So, I ask you, your favorite thing about working in community journalism. What's your least favorite?
0: Again, with the smoke people will see you. People will have a direct effect to the paper. Unlike when I worked at a daily, and man, that's that's old news. It's very community oriented. It's very nosy. Like people mm-hmm. were there. I saw you at the such and Stars game. You didn't come over and say hello. You're like, damn, how did you see me? It's, 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 there were ten thousand people at the game. It didn't matter. I was there. That's the problem that I don't like it the most. I want to call, maybe even talk to your managing editor, and say. Oh, he's writing a lot about Perry High School. He didn't write a lot about Warner Robins. Maybe the fact that Warner Robins is 0-9 is the reason why I don't write about him. But most folks call in and say, hey, why doesn't he write a story about this high school soccer team? I'm thinking to myself, because your daughter's on the team, I should write a story about the team? That doesn't happen to the Hawks. Joe Johnson's mom never called me and said, hey, you know, you didn't write about Joe Johnson today. He's a millionaire. But it's different when you break that level down to this. When it's like this, it's, it's fine. When it's, hot. When, it's, when it's community, hey, man, I love your story, or hey, hey, man, I didn't like what you said. You, you get a little bit a little bit of both. I didn't get a lot of the ritual, but I've gotten some. And I'm black in the South. A black man in the South, so.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm from the South. I'm from Louisiana, and now I live in South Carolina. Was, was it a culture shock to move from New York to Georgia? Or well, Alabama, too?
0: Now, Atlanta, when I got here in 08 was as black as it can be. So it wasn't a culture shock as far as people. Matter of fact, it seemed like there was more of us down here. It mm-hmm. was like, wow, okay, the mayor, okay, wow. Like, this, everybody's black. So that wasn't weird. And then you go to a small town in Alabama, which is, I don't know, Lafayette, Alabama, spelled like Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So don't get that wrong in a small town. That'll set you back a couple of ways. I got that wrong. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> it was 65 percent black so but on the same token you still stood out because if you're not in if you're not you, i didn't look like a local i still don't a black guy with a certain tie and a pen behind his ear who's this freak <laughs> <laughs> that always made me stand out for a long time until you get acclimated in the community then everybody showed love after that but at first it was like is he a narc or something who's this at the football game because we don't get that he's not one of us and they never had it. I was the first black reporter at the Noonan, the Noonan Times-Herald, five days a week. The first black reporter at the Lafayette Sun. The first black reporter at the House of Home Journal. The first black reporter at the Eatonton Messenger in Eatonton, Georgia. The first black reporter at the Lake Oconee News in, in, in Greenville, Georgia, Greensboro, because they didn't do that. We don't do that. Either we stay in Atlanta where we're safe, We can with our own, or we don't go. Or we don't go. I can go to five more papers in Georgia right now and still be the first black reporter. Still, in 2017, yet I can't give her up. I still, I love her, I can't give her up.
1: (laughs) So, like, why did you freelance? Or why did you decide to even start freelancing? Like, did you pitch a story? Was that how you kind of got into it? The first time
0: uh, I ever freelanced was actually for Vibe, when I was an intern there, but I said, hey, you think I could try this? They're like, sure. And once it works out, you're like, okay, let's try this again. I can still, I can get my work out. Now, when I was younger, I wanted to get the work out. Now that I've been doing this for 15 years, I know my work will get out. But what I want to do is get on different platforms. One story with ESPN can reach, regardless if they comment on it, like it on Facebook, like it on Twitter, whatever. They're going to, even if you didn't read it, you saw it on the site because it was the lead in the site for a day or two days. And that's the cool part. I always want to reach a, global, a more global audience. So that that's that's the the, junk, the junkie in you is like, man, if I do one story for the for undefeated, they're going to have it off front for a whole day. You know how many people are going to see that? It's all ego. Being a writer, being an artist is the ego. We try to pretend we want to do justice. And yes, you do. But if you're not writing about politics or uh, global warming, you're pretty much writing because you want someone to read your stuff. And with that said, that's ego. And I, And the readership is going to go well past Georgia. Even if I'm writing about Georgia, with most of my stuff is, I'm their Georgia guy. I'm their Atlanta guy, because I'm here in the city. There's no point in me pitching a story in New York. I'm not there, so I pitch all my stuff Atlanta-based, and they eat it right up. And it's like this is it's such it's the ultimate high. So yeah, the check is great. That's not a lie. But it's also about the fact that my story is with one of the major publications, and that's always
1: cool. That's something interesting to me because. I mean, I feel like Georgia – I feel like the South in general has all these athletes that – I mean, even Florida. I'm thinking Florida, Texas. I mean, just football because, you know, I'm from Louisiana. Football is, like, everything. But I feel like there's not enough – I don't know if there's not enough. I can't really say that. But their major publications could do what the undefeated is doing, like having somebody based in the South. But even if it's, like, Texas, to have, like – to show more of the world, show more. They can of the afford world. it. New York and LA, because that's something that bothers me. I'm like, um, there's more to the world than those those two cities. I guess the right. other cities you see now, so there's three now.
0: <laughs> this right. yes, is and, and and that's what that's why, I, and again to young writers everywhere, take advantage of a niche. HBCUs. North Carolina will probably argue with us. South Carolina will argue with us too. But this is the HBCU hub we think. Two of the oldest school, Morris Brown's the oldest HBCU, HBCU ever. One, and it's almost died. And Morehouse and Spelman, you can say it in France, and somebody knows what you're talking about. And I said one day, wait a minute, I can jump on this undefeated thing with everybody else and try to throw NBA stories and and all this other stuff, or pop culture. You don't need me for that. How about this? How about I? You got an HBCU uh, section? How about I get to that? And as soon as I did that, the first day I pitched was the first time he was like, okay, sure, do it. The next day, do it again. Do it again. I got checks rolling in for ESPN. I'm thinking, is it that easy? Because no one wants to write about HBCUs. I'm the HBCU reporter for the Atlanta Voice. Unfortunately, a lot of folks aren't thinking outside of the box. Everybody wants to get AP stories about Georgia football. But we have these great universities right down the street from us that, because they're HBCUs, you don't ignore Georgia Tech. You don't ignore the University of Georgia. You don't ignore those at all. These guys can sneeze without having a report. Those players can't breathe. But it's Georgia football, so we have to. But Morehouse and Clark don't count until until it's homecoming. Then everybody wants to write about homecoming. That's cool. It don't even care about the football game. It's the bands, the bands, and the dance teams. So you got to find your find that idea that nobody wants. Be that person to piss that idea. I guarantee you, because a lot of folks just don't even want to even don't even want to do it. Everybody wants to cover the Hawks, the NBA, LeBron James. Nobody wants to cover Central State. Who wants to cover that? You know, somebody will. It's it's There's it, there's your niche.
1: So, what is your piece of advice for somebody who like how to go about doing that when they see an opportunity? How to pitch that idea successfully?
0: Okay, let's let's make this person uh, in Orange County, California, or wherever. they're, they're in California. Look and find that small, that small niche, that thing that you think is being ignored in your paper. Like be, first of all, be be familiar with the paper you're trying to pitch to or the magazine. Don't pitch up the GQ about science. You might need to pitch that to Wired magazine. Don't pitch up the GQ. Don't pitch uh, to the undefeated, a story about an all white swimming team probably won't fly. Be familiar with that publication and find what's not on there. Find something they're not doing and pitch that. And then tell them why you can do it. Oh, because I live in town. I'm familiar with the AUC campus. I told them, I've been in Atlanta, reporting in Atlanta for over a decade. I know that campus. I know those teams. I can get a touch of those. I can be an insider for you for cheap, much cheaper than if you had a full-time person doing it every day, which you probably can't afford. Most likely. The undefeated can afford it. They got ESPN umbrella. They can afford to pay me a certain amount of money for that story, but they need to know why they should have to. So always know know your publication, find something they're not doing, and then tell them, be able to, Tell them why they need to. Otherwise, what's the point, man? We don't need that. We don't need why, I don't even know you. Why should I pay you? So, so have, have that ready when you pitch that, not just, oh, we should write a story about this. No, let me tell you why. Because I live four miles away. I'm always on campus. I know the coaching staff. or oh, I can get familiar with them.
1: I think I want to know how you feel about the future of journalism. Like when you think about the future of journalism, what, like, what are your immediate feelings on it? print
0: journalism or journalism in general?
1: Journalism in general, as the industry.
0: All right. As an the industry, the, the, the current president, I call him 45. I don't want to say his name. I call him 45. He wants to get rid of it. He wants to get rid of people being on the ground, uh, doing reporting, the old school reporting, like follow-up questions, double checking on stuff. They want to get rid of that. They want fluff. They want us to write all about this bombing Syria, but they want to ignore the fact that we still haven't gotten down to this Russian hacking thing yet. Reporters will keep it to report on that. So, I want real media. I think media will, journalism will always be around because you'll always need, we've been storytelling since we were cave people. So, we'll need that. So, with that said, reporting will always be important. What we do is always important, regardless of it's a newspaper.com or on print, it'll always be important. So, I, I believe in it. So, I know it's not going anywhere because we'll need truth tellers. We'll have to still have people like us who have to be held accountable. That'll always be necessary, be it a newscaster, a podcast, which I think, which, which are all, what i we need to have like a thousand, a million more podcasts. They're perfect. It's it's a story scrunched up on your your iPhone on your way to work. It's genius. You can't watch TV in the car, Well, you shouldn't. You can't you can't always be home to watch the 7 o'clock news, 11 o'clock news. If you're in our business, you're probably not. It's BS, man. The whole death of newspapers and all that, that doesn't make any sense. You're always going to need us. Oh, you mean death of print? Oh, fine, whatever. You don't have to put it on paper. Just have it on the site where I can log on to it and read it. Buy Donnell Suggs. For this publication, and this is what I wrote, and, on, and there's an email address for me. You can find me or find my publication to ask any questions you want. That'll never, that'll never go away. So we're fine. Everybody wants to be. Everybody wants to be where we're at. They want to be there. Believe it or not.